Welcome. Welcome to Ike. We have touched down at your destination. Here you'll find inspiration, ideas, creativity, conversation, energy, culture, stories, and more while you listen to an audio experience unlike anything else. It's beautiful sound that appeals to the senses. It's information you can use. Interesting guests. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ike. This is the Ike Podcast. Hey everyone, it's Ike here, co-founder. We have a great show for you today, kicking off the first episode of the podcast. KJ, myself, Max, and Chris sit down, and we talk big ideas, and we're happy you're here. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Ike. My name is KJ Eichstead. I'll be your host, and we're going to get right into it. Bringing out the heavy hitter guests, I'm here today with Chris Mueller, visionary, professional soccer player. What's going on, Chris? What's up, man? How you guys doing? Tuning in to you guys from Orlando, Florida. All's going well, but thanks for having me on. Yeah, all right. Thanks, Chris, for joining us. For those of you who don't know, Chris is the sixth overall pick in the MLS draft after a long, successful career at Madison. He was the Rookie of the Year runner-up in his first year, MLS skills champion in year two. Year three, he's prepared to take on an increased leadership role, put on more for the team, put on more for the city, and just continue to grow. I'm also here with Max Drescher, world traveler. Max, how's it going? What's up, guys? Good to be on the podcast as well. Tuning in from Madison, Wisconsin today. Awesome. So yeah, those of you who don't know Max, Max has worked in Germany, Singapore, Japan. He's traveled the world and he specializes in finance, in particular, evaluating companies. So it's good to have Max on. Lastly, we're joined by my co-host, Alex Eichstead, co-founder. What's going on, Ike? Hey, KJ. Hey, guys. Glad to be on this podcast. Happy we're kicking this off. I'm tuning in from all of a sudden Norway and really excited to talk ideas, stories, and everything with all things Ike here included. Those of you who don't know Al, he is the executive producer of Ike Music. He's a composer, a designer, a coder, and he's now in Norway bringing up European operations for Ike. So we are super excited to be here today with you guys, kicking off the very first episode of the Welcome to Ike podcast. And I'm just going to get it right into it. A brief explanation of what this podcast will be about. Um, We just want to provide you guys with value. So we're talking creativity. We're talking big ideas. We're talking stories. We're talking branding. We're talking culture. We're talking music, interesting guests, information you guys can use. There really are no limits, and we're excited to kick this off. So um, one of the most common questions that we get asked is, what is Ike? What is Ike? People ask us online. People ask us in person. What exactly is Ike? And Al, I just want to kick it to you first. In your own words, what is Ike? Ike is an international brand. It is something that a community can relate to. It's something that empowers stories, empowers individuals, and as well as creates unique and exciting media that the world can enjoy and spread. So it really has a lot of elements, but more than anything, an international brand. 
Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. So Max, if you were to describe Ike in your own words, how would you describe it? Yeah, I'd like to piggyback off that a little bit. I, I get this question a lot as well when I try to explain uh, the brand to new people I meet or friends. Um, and I think that something that's really special about it is that it's truly industry and also topic agnostic. It's uh, like a true creative collaborative that's really open and welcoming of motivated minds and also great ideas. Again, that just doesn't discriminate, discriminate based on industry or topic and the goal really is to inspire, but also to build a community of like-minded individuals. So that's really what we're trying to build here. I couldn't agree more. Chris, what about you? What do you think Ike is? Uh, I think for me, since the day I met you guys, I've known Ike to be something that's always struck me as, as a global brand, something that's really special, something that's looking to change the world in a unique, in a unique way. And like Max said, bringing uh, like-minded people together to collaborate and continue to co to create this type of, you know, this stuff on media, like you say, that's enter entertaining to all individuals and things that you could kind of bring, like uh, Max said, again, the community together. And I think that from that perspective, it's, it's, it crosses so many boards. The, it crosses through podcasting. It's, it, it crosses through music. It crosses through um, all, really anything you want in, in a, in a personal growth standpoint. And from there, I just think it's uh, like, like I already said, a global brand. So, yeah, that defines it for me. Yeah, no, I think all those are really good um, individual explanations. If I were to describe Ike, I would describe it as a an international multimedia brand encompassing culture, music, sports, fashion, entertainment, and just a brand that can inspire people. Um, when we do everything at Ike, we don't try and do it as an eight. We try and do it as a nine. We try and do it as a 10 to give you guys the best content, uh, the best quality, whether it's talking about real estate, talking about financial ideas, talking about creative, talking about beautiful sounds that appeal to the senses. It could be anything, but we just want to do it right. We want to do it in a quality manner. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ike. Um, welcome to right, Ike, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Welcome to Ike. Okay, so um, one of our one of our topics that we wanted to um, touch on is that I think could be really helpful for our listeners and a lot of just relatability that can give people value, can just kind of give someone a little bit of inspiration. And that is, I'm going to go roundtable here. What's something that you guys have read recently that you found in like you know just in uh, interesting? So for me, I'll kick it off. I'll start. Um, it wasn't necessarily something I read, but it was something I saw in a movie recently. And that was when it comes to dealing with bigger net worth clients or just bigger clients in general, whether you're doing a business transaction, whether you're building a friendship or whether you're doing anything, it's always better to go for the favor than go for the monetary payment. And that really just struck me as something fascinating because here at Ike, when we're connected to a lot of athletes, we're kind of cultivating these relationships with athletes. And some of these athletes may be higher net worth individuals. Um, you know, it always kind of, I didn't really think of it like that. Whereas I was always more in the, in the mindset to do favors for people who might not be able to have the the monetary ability to compensate or just um, just out of the goodness of 
wanting to help someone out. Um, but it really struck me differently that when given the choice between money or the favor, always take the favor. And I just wanted to know like what you guys think about that. If you have any thoughts real quick. I think that's completely true. I mean, a favor, a single one-off transaction is a single one-off transaction. But if you want repeated business, you want to build those long-term relationships and in general, just have longevity in your career. Um, yeah, building those relationships is super important. That goes, again, for so many industries. I mean, if you're a fan favorite at a specific club, you know, perhaps the fans would be devastated. You could trade it away. If you're, you know, a financial wealth advisor for a family, of course, you want to build a relationship with that family so you can rope in the kids afterwards and whatnot and also make it more just about the monetary thing. It's about the human connection, interaction, and letting that last in the long term. Well said. Chris, what do you think? Uh, two things come to my mind when I, when I talk about that, and I think that some of the most important things that you can kind of cultivate in today's day and age are relationships with people. And that comes through one being authentic and two being transparent. So, um, you know, not necessarily always looking for what can I take, what can I take, but, you know, they say you reap what you sow. So I think that whatever you end up giving out, if your intentions are good, it's always going to come back around full circle. So I think that in, uh, in relationships, especially, like I said, the authenticity and the transparency of just being real with somebody and, you know, listing your intentions out there, your expectations, I think that that all builds trust in relationships. And I think that that, uh, in a favor definitely goes much further than the monetary uh, monetary value. So that's that's my opinion. Al? Facts. <laughs> yeah, you have to... You, Chris, that was, you know, exactly right on. You have to believe in yourself and you have to believe in what you're doing. And so to be genuine, to be real, people usually can tell that right away. You know, um, it's pretty easy for, I would say, even for myself to tell if someone what their goal is. If, is this guy trying to sell me something? Is this person trying to grow a following? And if they come across like a genuine favor, I think that's the, the best way to really get your foot in the door and build a relationship. In terms of business, if you can do something that is maybe outside of what is expected or going above the extra mile, it's only going to leave a stronger impression on your customer client, as well as cultivate something that's special it gives that person that you're dealing with some feeling of hey maybe this is unique to my situation maybe for example chris doesn't act this way with someone else or maybe alex you know that he's doing this just for me he's making this soundtrack just for me and that really goes a long way because down the road maybe they'll do something that's just for you and really that snowball like you said coming around full circle these things grow with time compound interest and so getting that favor in, you know, putting that in early, you're only going to reap those benefits down the right. line. I want to throw something in real quick and just add on that is that I think it's really important as well when you do start to cultivate those relationships. And like you're saying, uh, like that things are going to come back around full circle. I think it's really important just to clarify to people that you want to give without expectation of receiving anything back. Right. That's like the number one key that everyone talks about in giving is that you just you give out of the goodness of your heart. You don't give it, it with and then gain your expectation and think that in return, you should be getting something for it. You know what I'm saying? Because unhappiness roots from expectations, people setting their expectations in a certain way. Oh, I did one thing for you, then not, I should get something in return, right? The, the whole matter of it is if you base your culture off of 
giving without expectation, I think that that's the number one quality that's going to help you build those relationships. So I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, you will learn exactly who, I guess, you're going to be in touch with long term. So like you said, you know, have that expectation of not receiving anything. The ones that you'll probably do business with down the line or the ones that you'll really grow a strong relationship with, they'll they'll feel that, you know, they'll want to do something in return. And so those are the ones that you're going to continue to grow. And so having that expectation, kind of going ahead and doing that first favor or putting yourself out there is a good way to also see who's real, see who's a player and see who's not. And I think just a really relatable example of this that our audience could relate to in a big way is so much of today's business world is getting an idea heard, like getting an idea to the masses. And how do people do that nowadays? Well, they either have to pay a lot of money to develop an advertising campaign, or they could do it the organic route via social media. And Chris, I just go back to the relationship that we have, the working relationship with Ike, like obviously it's a friendship, but um, you know, uh, thinking back to when you were donating all those soccer balls to Africa and just like underprivileged kids who wanted to play some soccer, uh, that was like a, like a cause that you really cared about and you, you know, wanted help to get the word out because like, why wouldn't anyone else want to hear about this? You know, this is like a tremendous cause. It's not like a super common cause that there are just like a dime a dozen of these, uh, particular fundraisers for so to speak not saying that that's a bad thing but this is a little bit more of a unique cause that really aligned with your brand and you wanted it to reach as many people as possible so you could have the biggest impact as possible and you know that was an example of a time when we're like absolutely let's help get the word out and vice versa in the sense when when we were doing the toy drive for children's hospital i was like hey chris um you know anything you could do to help get the word out would be massively appreciated and you came right back and no doubt uh, helped have a positive impact on the toy drive, despite being not necessarily uh, local for when it occurred. So, so just like the power of media, the power of these favors, um, it's not always about the money. And that's like the, the biggest takeaway I think we can get from this little tidbit is uh, don't underestimate the power of a favor, especially when you are dealing with sometimes these higher net worth clients uh, who you know might be a big bag, a big payday, quote unquote, if you were to get a deal done with them. But it turns out that many, many times in life, uh, we look back on it and a favor really is just invaluable and because maybe a favor led to something else. So, so that's kind of, uh, I think, a good place to wrap up my point. Um, Max, I want to go to you next. What's something interesting you saw or read recently that you, you think our, our listeners might find value in? Well, yeah, I mean, since we're all stuck in quarantine here, I've been doing a lot of reading. <laughs> and uh, one of the books I've spent most of my time reading is it's called Atomic Habits. And I know Chris um, on this pod has also read this book. Basically, it's, you know, about tiny changes leading to big results and how you can basically build good habits and break bad ones. And I guess it, it is a long book, so we could talk about this, you know, forever. But one thing that really stood out to me and something that I'm learning is the system you create is actually more important than the goals you set. Um, so, for example, I mean, you especially if you reach your goal, you know, then what? Afterwards, you oftentimes fall back kind of into your daily routine. But if you really have a good system, it lasts much longer. And when I mean system, it's about the processes that lead to those results. So, you know, as an example, 
you know, coach has a goal of winning a championship, but the system is how he recruits, manages his assistant coaches, conducts practice, etc. So if you really focus on your system, um, that really is a much better way to just be a better person in whatever in that whatever you want to be better in relationships, knowledge, productivity. Um, it kind of falls into all those categories and. Also, something I thought about because Kobe passed away this year, RIP, legend. RIP. Um, he, he always said, you got to fall in love with the process. And he said that, and I never really knew what he meant by that. I mean, it sounds cool, um, and it probably means something big. But after reading this book, I truly understand that the process, the system, is what you really have to focus on um, and make sure that that's primed for yourself and what you want to achieve. So, yeah, I think just focusing more on the system. So for me, that's waking up, I make my bed in the morning, I make a list of everything I want to get done, um, make sure I hit those tasks all maybe in a specific order. Um, so yeah, just the system focus has really helped me recently. And yeah, again, any of you are happy to hop on and talk about it if it relates to you. Yeah, I like that. Uh, let me just throw in too, I think that it's really interesting the the whole concept behind the the process and the results thing, because I feel like something that holds a lot of people back from staying consistent on top of their little habits that they're trying to do every day is that they're expecting to see a quicker result than maybe than maybe they want. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. in order to build a long term success, something that's truly, truly great, right? It's going to take time. Nothing like that has ever come easy to anybody. And when people don't get those, they crave those quick results the get rich quick, the the path of least resistance, right? They want that all so quick, but it, as a matter of fact, the biggest truth is that you have to focus on a process that you're going to commit yourself to do every day. And it might take years. It might take three years, might take five years, might take 10 years, but the payoff will be there if you're just in the process and you love it, you know? And I think that's the biggest takeaway um, for me from that point. Yeah. yeah. Amen. I real quick, I just got to say to Chris's point, you, you have to do, um, you have to stick with it because a lot of people get frustrated. Let's say they go running for a week and oh man, I'm not losing any weight, but the truth is it's just a, it's a long-term goal. You have to really keep at it, keep going. Um, and in the book, for example, it, it says you have to cross the plateau of Latin potential. That's basically the fancy way of explaining what Chris was just talking about. You have to keep going and that's really the power of compounding. So it's actually financial idea that if you keep reinvesting and putting money into the market per se, um, mm -hmm. it'll explode. It's like Warren Buffett's secret. Also, the coronavirus, it's compound growth. It grows super fast over time. So that's why you really have to um, beware and understand what compounding means. And it's the same with habits. You have to just keep putting it in, keep putting it in, keep putting it in, stick with and it. No matter, and and then, no matter how small, right? You know, exactly. And then that'll matter. just explode later. Yeah. Yeah. I love I'll, that. Uh, Al, do you have anything to add? Yeah. So I, as you guys know, but the listeners don't, I'm a massive fan of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And one thing that he always said was that he was really difficult to satisfy because when he won something, he was already thinking about the next step. And maybe it's a problem for him, but he's not enjoying the moment. He's already on the mission to win the next trophy. And really, like you said, Max, it's about the system. So, Really, you know, you're always planning ahead. When you're thinking about a system, you are thinking about the next step in the day. So whether it's creating that next song or, you know, getting that next client or making that next move. 
there's always something that you can be doing that'll help you win those next trophies. There are, I, you know, differ a little bit and I say, you know, you should be able to enjoy the moment because I like to enjoy successes, but that is something that maybe you will enjoy at a later stage. If you really fall in love with your system early on, it's, you know, it'll be easy for you to keep going, to keep thinking about the next step. One step at a time is the easiest way to do things. And coming from an engineering background, I found myself really priding in it gets easier when you break things down to just one step at a time. They're tangible. You can do one goal, hop to the next. And then a large task of something that seems almost unbearable when you first think about it becomes a lot simpler as you start just knocking out some of these smaller subtasks. So I, I really totally agree. Yeah, that. I really like all that. Um, the thing that especially stood out to me, we're talking about falling in love with the process. That is essentially what I've done with Ike. Um, and it kind of ties into what Chris was saying, how everyone wants this instant gratification, instant gratification. Well, I see a lot uh, in my own personal social media, my own personal networks where people might dive into one thing. They might dive in really hard, whether this is fitness, whether this is, you know, a new venture they're doing, whether it's a new hobby or something. Um, and then what ends up happening is they end up giving up after like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Well, we actually first conceptualized Ike in 2014 and it's been a long road but you know blink of an eye and five years have gone by and it's just crazy how how different how much growth how many opportunities just like how things have developed from consistently working towards that common goal like having a system in place that's always evolving always getting better and going back to what Chris said one last time in terms of the instant gratification well it's kind of fascinating to me because in a society where people's attention spans are shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and everything's getting smaller and shorter and quicker and meant to satisfy, satisfy those attention spans, really the most successful people are the ones that are able to get into that deep work and just grind for yes. you know hours on end and, and yes. just not worry about the quick thing. I'm going to quick flick out of this app. I'm going to look into this well, app. You know I'm going to quick is? go on. Dude, yeah, you know sorry. Go is? on. Go ahead, Chris. You know what it is? Is sorry for cutting you off, man. But I, I literally just read the book uh, "Deep Work" by Cal Newport recently, so it just you triggered my mind as soon as you said that that word "deep work." But it's interesting because as a society, we're trained to be distracted, right? Yeah. Every it's time not good. you're walking, you're standing in the store waiting for something. Uh, you're standing in Starbucks waiting for your coffee. Everyone's on their phone checking something, and they're terrified of just being right there in the moment with their own thoughts. They need that constant distraction. So they wonder why they can sit there on their phone and you can you can scroll through Twitter for hours, but you can't sit down and read a book for 10 minutes. You know, why do you think that is? You're trained to be distracted. You've trained your brain that way. That's what you constantly look for. And it that now it's almost argued that it could be almost seen as more valuable, the the strength to be able to sit down and engage yourself in deep work rather than maybe the the work that you're doing is at all. But that valuable piece of let's say me being able to sit down and read for an hour straight with no distraction, being able to really engage my brain is more valuable than maybe what I'm getting out of the book itself. You get you see where I'm going with that? Absolutely. Like, yeah, I would so agree 100. Yeah, that's uh, it, it, it's valuable nowadays. But I just felt like I had it's to a good thought. I'm yeah. happy I heard that new new info to me. Although I definitely agree. Obviously, everyone's constantly distracted, and unfortunately, all good things also come with some bad. I mean, just the iPhone being such a great product apps being so well designed it's tough to obviously put it away but it's something we could all 
obviously get better on. No, um, right, and, and that's well said. Deep, deep work stays on top for sure. Right. Well, and and just to wrap real quick before we wrap up and move on to Al, um, I just want to end by saying that it's it's not necessarily about uh, you know, how many things you can do at once. It's about how much you know how much quality you can put out. And and just like going back to what we were just talking about. The people who are most successful are those people who are actually able to have that conversation, look that person in the eye, and really just make that connection because they're not afraid of being in the moment. And making that genuine connection, it may result in a favor, it may result in a new client, it may result in you know, a solid deal taking place. Uh, who knows what it will result in? It may, it may result in someone finding their life partner, like a lifelong friend, a lifelong spouse. And, and it's just like that all comes with being in the moment. So I think, uh, yeah, you know, like deep work, very important. So, so let's, let's move on quick to Al. Al, what's something you read or saw recently that you think uh, might be valuable for our listeners to hear? Yeah, so I attended a video conference in Oslo, Norway. and this this sentence really stuck home with me it was from a company called kind uh for those who don't know they're a premier one of europe's best design firms they do branding they do uh media pretty much they do apps they they do a lot of content creation and they're one of the best and the line that stuck home with me is they said there are videos and then there are videos with stories and for me I want to take that one step further. There are brands and then there are brands with stories. So if we look at Ike, Ike is a brand with a story. Cage, you and I, it comes from our last name, Ike. It originates from Ikestead, our last name. And it's something that has grown as we've grown as people and individuals and grown older. It started off with our, just because we used to go by Ike and people used to mispronounce our last name. And then it really became a self-identifying term. And we worked at growing the sports. I remember when you talked to Petter, Petter is a Swedish friend of KJ's. You told him, hey, man, I'm going to create this sports website. And now, five years later, we have a massive sports platform. It's really had this story, Ike, and that's what people can relate to. When you look at some of the biggest brands out there, the best ones are are the ones that you can tell some type of story about, some type of uh, something that someone can relate to. And even going, uh, so applying this to everything, I think the power of a story, whether it's music, whether it's in your advertising piece, it can really change the whole feeling and the whole power of that piece of content or that brand. And I think they go a long way. They're kind of undervalued nowadays because everyone wants to create shorter and shorter and shorter content. So I always think, you know, a good story cannot be beat. In terms of movies, the big action, the big drama, you know, the expensive scenes, the explosions are great. But the best movies, in my opinion, always have just the best stories. So wanted to share that with you guys. And I'm curious about what your thoughts are. You know, real quick before we kick it around the round table, that is amazing. And it just brings me back to something that I've thought of and I personally believe, and I've shared this with other people, but I haven't actually brought this up for a while and you just kind of triggered it. And that's the one thing you cannot buy in this world is a good memory or a good story. That's just something you have to create yourself. And that's why 
as technology continuously um, you know, removes friction in our lives, makes our lives more convenient, it, it theoretically might make a lot of things better, but it can't necessarily create a story that strikes the human heart. And it's just, that's why you know, you, these companies in the garage are able to compete with these massive behemoths. And it's just amazing because it just continues to be that way. So, so yeah, Max, do you, have, do you have anything to add to that, the whole story concept? I think we hit on a lot of the valuable pieces about it. I mean, one thing I would just potentially like to add was um, I also read the book Sapiens, which is kind of a story of human history. And from a historical standpoint, um, the people who used to lead villages, used to lead tribes, I mean, those were the storytellers. I think it's been a part of the human experience, human condition, um, human evolution for a really long time. Um, and it's still as valuable today as it was back then. So stories definitely should not be underestimated and, yeah, definitely make a brand a lot stronger. Amen. Chris? Yeah, I mean, I'm... Um... I'm just going to go back to uh, besides the storytelling facet, the, what Al was talking about with the, the quality of the content and not being able to take take away anything from that. But um, I mean, as far as that goes, you I'm just <laughs> the stories has to be the, the number one quality, actually, for me. It's just like you said, it, it it's what gives somebody an experience when they watch something. Right. It's something that they could relate to. It makes them feel some type of way. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. That can't be that can't be undermined at all for sure. So for me, that's that's the takeaway. Well, I'm just thinking back to your all access video. Like you, Christopher Mueller, you know, there are certain parts about you that your identity that are normal, and there are certain parts that are not normal. You know, and and what that means is that you have a story. Like even though you're just a, a normal dude, you're just Chris Mueller. You work really hard. You happen to work on your skills for years and years and years, and put yourself in a great position to live out your dream. But like we were able to tell a story in your all access video that ended up impacting a lot of people. And, uh, you know, it's just once again, a hundred percent self-produced piece. Uh, we didn't really have like a high powered ad agency or anything. It was just a hundred percent in-house self-produced. And, um, it, I would say the impact went very far just because of that story aspect. So the last, um, yeah, you, the last thing I want to say, last thing I want to say about this is that our story so each one of us has a unique story you kind of mentioned a little bit about Chris's I have mine Max you have yours KJ you have yours but our story is how we find our idols in my opinion so the people that I idolize the most have stories that are similar to mine they're people that I could see myself one day living in shoes similar to theirs people who have come from similar backgrounds and have done things that I really want to accomplish. So I think, you know, when you see those type of stories, those are, that's really what gets you, you know, to live your life. It's what really influences a lot of the decisions that you make. It's based on where you see yourself and what story you want to write for yourself. So I think uh, there's a lot to goes into it and, you know, a lot to think about yeah going off what you're saying a story is essentially the why it's like the underlying yeah. motivation why anyone does anything and one of the most important things in business one of the most important things is in marketing and i think in life in general is the why like if, we, if we're trying to make someone act on something if you're trying to inspire a younger employee or something to 
do something or produce some sort of work, well, you're going to get a lot higher quality work out of them if you explain to them not just what to do, but why they're doing it. So, um, you know, why do people save up money to go on these trips to the Caribbean or go on trips to Europe? Well, you know, when they come back, they want to be able to talk about it. They want to experience those things and they want to, you know, just continue building out that life story because when it's all said and done, you're just going to have your stories. You're just going to have your memories. So, all right. So, so that is a great time to segue into uh, a little bit of a different conversation. And I want to ask the round table, I'll go, I'll start off, but a quote that inspires you. And I was thinking about what I could choose for this. There are so many quotes, but it's so it's, um, you know, they come and go and they hit you at different times. And the one that I chose for today is it might not even be considered a quote. It might be the slogan of Hennessy. It's never stop, never settle. Or maybe that's white rabbit uh, whiskey or whatever that is, but it's never stop, never settle. And have you guys ever seen that in the commercials? I, think I have. I it have. is, yeah, it is Hennessy. Just, just Hennessey. confirm it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that, that quote really, um, it speaks to me because not only did I just feel some type of way watching that commercial, watching that ad where, uh, you know, one of the ads in particular was the, the biker back in the 19, like the early 1900s or late 1800s, the cyclist who he was considered like the fastest cyclist in the world. And he kept winning the world records. He kept winning the championships, but he, he was never satisfied because he would, he was just, he never wanted to settle. He was always chasing the white rabbit as they would say. And, um, you know, never stop, never settle is just something that I feel like can be applied to anybody at any time, at any place, because everyone in this world experiences adversity. And I think that never stopping is just so important. Like it's easy to want to give up when the chips are down, but life isn't just some linear graph upward. Life is, you know, Maxi speaking to you a little bit. If you pulled up a graph of the S and P 500, uh, over 110 years of American history, you know, it's going up, it's going down, it's zigzagging. And but over time, it goes up. And and so I think it's very important to consider that life isn't always just like a linear path upward, there's going to be some spikes upward, there might be some crashes, quote, unquote, uh, where you where you hit that adversity. Um, but just never stopping and just always keeping, you know, keeping on your process, keep keeping pushing forward through that will, um, really just build a lot of self-belief, build a lot of confidence and get you where you want to go. And then the never settle part, um, it kind of speaks a little bit about that ties into that never stop in the sense where you may work really hard, like you may work your whole life, study hard, go to college, get a degree and then get a job. Well, I see a ton of people then just simply give up at life where they're like, all right, my life's over. I'm just going to be, for lack of a better term, lame now. I'm going to become boring. Uh, these people may decide to not judge anyone, but you know, just really settle down at a very young age when they have so much more life to live. And you know, it's a free country to each his own. But there's so much to life that I think that never settle thing really just speaks to me in particular as an individual because um, I think it's important to be happy at, and celebrate your successes, but. Uh, I, I want to achieve greatness. Like I really do want to achieve great things. I want to leave a legacy with this brand. I want to leave a legacy with my friends, my family, 
um, impact people around the world. And I'm not going to get there by stopping or settling. So I just want to thank Hennessy for that slogan, never stop, never settle. What do you guys think? Max, you go first. Yeah. Um, amen, I'd say. I, I'd agree with that. And also to provide some context to the listeners out there, the Hennessy commercial um, about the cyclist was following the life and or career of Marshall, quote unquote, Major Taylor. He's a seven-time world record setter in cycling um, who basically was prominent in the 1800s. And the whole purpose behind that slogan, never stop, never settle, is because he kept setting world records and beating himself, <laughs> basically. So let's say you run the fastest 100-meter dash. We could all just be like, okay, great, you know, fastest man to do it. But he kept kept beating his time. So, yeah, I would agree with you, um, especially if your goal is to – grow be the best person you can be i think making sure you never stop and never settle um and yeah again just revert back to your system um as we were talking about earlier from that book atomic habits is definitely something to value uh and to think about chris the thing that sticks out to me most is the never settling aspect right um of course the the work is that ne- is is never stopping um we all know that if you want to accomplish great things you have to put your nose to the grindstone and get to work, right? That's that's principle number one. Hard work's in our blood. That's that's how you achieve true greatness. But the thing that's harder that I don't think most people realize is maintaining that greatness. How do you stay consistent? How do you maintain it? The, the number one dream killer that's going to take you out of that is complacency and getting comfy and getting in your comfort zone, settling down. Yep. That can never happen. There's always people who are behind you trying to get to where you want to go. So at the end of the day, how do you see your competition? Are you going to settle in and let somebody else catch up to you? Or you got to continue to increase that gap. How are you going to f- continue to find ways to separate yourself? Because as you get closer to the top of the mountain, everybody's good at what they do, right? How are you going to make yourself great? How are you going to find those little incremental details that are going to even separate you further? Otherwise, someone's coming and catching you. So that's what I think that with settling, it's going to, that that's ultimately is going to just take you completely out of where you want to go. It's going to stop you. And uh, it's a poison, honestly. So. For me, never stop, never settle. It it's a it's a fantastic phrase. Shout out Hennessy, fire. And Chris, just to piggyback off your point, I mean, you have as about as obvious an example here as any of us. Where if you aren't always busting your ass and working as hard as you can, whether it's on your fitness, your skills, or anything, like you could potentially be replaced by the next hungry soccer player out there. And and it's a battle day in day out just to like keep that spot in the starting eleven and. Could you just like maybe speak about that just a a little bit for our listeners? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's something that plays in your head every day, right? This is a competition competition business. Ultimately, it's a team game, right? We want the team to do well. And, you know, individually, there's always someone who wants your job, right? That's the the one, the beauty and the the tough part about it is that it, like I said, it's competition based. There's some young kid coming up who wants to take that spot playing on that outside roller, you know, or even me aspiring to shoot to, to, to the highest level in the world where, you know, you got some of the best players. How are you going to catch them? It, it's that it's that constant competition and constant grind of trying to find ways to separate yourself, trying to find the littlest ways that you can just m- maybe gain a little bit of a, a strength and advantage against your opposition, you know? And that's that's all it takes, and it's a grind, honestly. Like I said, uh, you guys have been with me and known me since I was back in college with, you know, no reputation, no nothing, and it's start, slowly starting to turn as we see, but that, that all comes from consistency, being persistent through the ups and the downs, like you talked about earlier. Um, 
And yeah, the competition is real. I think that goes in any industry, not even just professional football, but people are out there to win. You know, there's winners out there. Mm -hmm. People are, if you're not getting up first, somebody else is. So that's just something you always got to keep in the back of your mind when you're trying to shoot to be, to be one of the best. Amen. Al, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I would say uh, in terms of never settling, I think it's a great mindset that can be applied for me specifically. I'm someone who loves to learn. I think that is where I take this and really apply it to my own life is there's always something I have to learn because as Chris said, you know, someone's coming up trying to win just as well. So if I'm not learning, then I'm not improving myself. I'm not giving myself a competitive advantage. I'm not distancing myself from the competition. So I always am trying to make sure that on a regular basis, whether it is, you know, a new skill that I'm trying to pick up technically, or even just something mentally that I can learn through a book. For me, it's something that I always want to do is just continue to learn on a regular pace. Amen. So I think that's a great place to transition to. Uh, why don't we go with Chris first this time? Chris, what was your quote that something you uh, inspires you or just made you feel a certain type of way? Um, I think uh, just from recently, I've been reading the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I don't know if any of you guys have, have ever read that, but it's one that I would highly recommend to anybody who's looking to maximize their potential, trying to reach reach the highest level it's uh what i read about this morning was the concept of managing your time and prioritizing things right and the third habit was talking about put first things first so it was giving an example on how day-to-day people average people run and they run their days based off of four categories right the first one being things that are urgent and important the second one thing being being things that are important but not urgent and then vice versa, the things that are not urgent, not important, the things that are important are not urgent, right? So like I said, there, it's a chart that goes that way, but it was talking about how the most effective people operate in the state quadrant two, which was things that are not urgent, but important is where you should spend the majority of your time and how you prioritize not letting little things, having the, the confidence to be able to say no to things that aren't going to help you in the long term, right? But those things sometimes aren't urgent. For example, something that's helped me get to where I am today through my career, through the habits, through the discipline that I've learned has been reading books. But reading in itself isn't something that's urgent to anybody, right? It can hold mm-hmm. off. You'll have time later to do it. But it's something that's important, but it's not urgent to me, right? So that's just to give everybody an example of what kind of category I'm talking about. The things that would be urgent and important, for example, would be like, an emergency phone call, a deadline day, right? But those people who operate in that quadrant are constantly stressed, constantly worried, yeah. constantly not living in their best state, right? And then you got the the bottom half of the totem pole where people are, you know, do, prioritizing and doing things that are not urgent and not important, playing trivia, you know, playing games at work, you know, just not things that are helping them in the long term fuel themselves to to help them accomplish something that that's of true value. You know what I'm saying? So I thought that that was really interesting and where you choose to do what you do throughout the day when you make those little decisions, are you doing something that's going to help you get to where you want to go? Is it urgent? Is it not urgent? Is it important? Is it not important? And start to break things down that way. And I thought that that was really an interesting concept for me. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, you gave a fantastic example there with the reading and that's like plain as day for me because 
how valuable is it? You sent me that screenshot a couple a couple months ago. It was about the average number of books the CEO reads a year. And that just blew my mind. Um, yeah, I don't have the numbers books. in front of me, but... 60 books. Man. There was 60 books for anybody who doesn't know. And that comes from and none of that's urgent. running a company. And it's none of it's urgent, especially to a guy who's a CEO running a big company. And you, what, you think he's got more less time than you, you know? More time than you? He's probably busier than most people are, but he's still finding ways to read, finding the time to read because they understand the value in it. That's just completely another to topic. But anything, if anyone takes anything away from this... From me, it's to go pick up your first book and start that process of learning. But that's something. Else. Amen. And guess what? And guess what, listeners? Quarantine's a great place to start. <laughs> yes. Yes. For sure. Absolutely. So, Maxi, what about you? What's something? Uh, what's a quote you've seen recently that um, has inspired you? Yeah. Again, um, a lot of what we've been talking about kind of builds on one another, uh, and which I think is great. I think it shows where staying consistent here and talking about some important points. But um, when I was trying to think of something that stood out to me, again, there's so many quotes out there that are important, meaningful, people can relate to. But something especially that's relevant right now as we are all stuck at home um, and advised not to leave the house is that it's becoming easier and easier to be social, but exceptional people are actually built in solitude. Um, and understand me correctly here. Obviously, we all have friends, super important, use them, talk to people, expand your social network. But back to the deep work we were talking about and really focusing on yourself and getting better. I think you have to be able to tune out all the outside noise and really focus on yourself um, and also, you know, just get better on your own instead of just always chasing the fun stuff, checking Instagram, social media, whatever. You really have to you know, build yourself in that solitude and put in the time um, to really get value out of your deep work. So that was yeah. just a quote I thought that that stood out to me, especially yeah. as it relates to us right now, as we're all stuck in quarantine. I think a lot of people, a lot of my friends, I know none of us that are on the pod, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I have a bunch of friends now that are stuck at home. All they're doing is watching, you know, Tiger King, Netflix, and just <laughs> kind of use, using it honestly as an excuse to chill which is, you know, yeah, a way mm -hmm. to go about it. But I don't think that's the best way to go about it. So I think people yeah, I need mean, to realize that, that, you know, exceptional people are built in solitude. Yeah. Chris, Amen. And that all, that all comes from your paradigm and your perspective, right? Like, what do you want on your life? If you're completely content and you're happy with your life, you don't want anything greater and you want to sit on the couch like and watch Netflix, I'm not bashing anybody for that at all. This is for the people who are saying they want more, saying they can do more, and now they have this opportunity and time Something that, like like you're saying right now, in this time where everybody's in quarantine, you would need to change your paradigm and view it as an opportunity versus something to be worried about, something to be scared about. There's a lot of negative things going on in the media that's grabbing everybody's attention, right? A train wreck is way more fun to watch than a, a smooth sail, you know? And that's just a quote. I'm like, people are looking for that, that thing that's going to grab their attention, right? And by doing that, this is providing everybody else, the people who are optimistic, who see the diamonds in the dirt. This is a time to improve. This is a massive opportunity that we have ahead of us because what's the majority of the population doing? Back to the competition base. A lot of people are probably just chilling, watching Netflix. Yep. This is a chance for those people to separate themselves, to start getting ahead, you know, really make some gains, come back to your job whenever that is and 
be a completely different person, surprise people. You shoot yourself off into the right trajectory, you know? Where do you want to go? What are the results that you're looking to shoot for? This is a this is a massive opportunity, in my opinion. Like like I've said to you guys before, that um, a lot of people don't see it that way. But for me, I think that, you know, there's a lot of optimism in, in this time. What, what do you think? I remain optimistic always. I, uh, I just, real quick, just going back to the whole... Um, human history or at least the u.s history like that whole chart of the s&p 500 going back over 100 years warren buffett says it best and maybe this is a quote i should have brought up uh i do like the hennessy quote but never bet against america and i think just that can be expanded to the human race like the human race is just unbelievably um you know resilient flexible resilient yeah like and just persevering past any adversity like this whole current global event that's going on is a huge it's a setback but the comeback is always greater than the setback and i remain optimistic uh chris you hit it right in the head that the media just loves to be negative because guess what i'm very deep in the media i understand how clicks put food on the table and how negative uh fear marketing might get more clicks than you know the smooth sailing kind of like how you refer to the the, the car crash versus the the smooth run if it's like a nascar race or something like that but it's you know you just have to be optimistic because if you're not then life is not as good so so al did you have anything to add yeah i would say in terms of the smooth sailing yeah like the adversity is something that really helps you take those next steps and become something greater than what you are going to what max said and i guess you chris too the way i've looked at this whole situation is this is one hour in the day that i don't have to spend commuting to work that's an extra hour that i now get to work on things that normally i would spend commuting and commuting for me is a time that i really don't have i can't really be as productive as i normally would be so it's a way you look at it you know is it an opportunity or is it, you know, what you're hearing from the media? Is it just like a downer or is it an opportunity? It's all about the individual perspective. You have to look at everything as an opportunity. Um, and otherwise, you're not going to see the opportunities that lie mm-hmm. um, within it. So I think for me and for other people right now, you guys, uh, we all share this similar mindset that it's all about staying optimistic and trying to. I guess, grow through, you know, different times and difficult times like this. And and real quick, uh, just to bring it back to Max's original point about how, you know, exceptional individuals are built in solitude. Well, I have two examples that I think our listeners might be able to relate to. And one of them is a fictional example. And that's kind of uh, Rocky Balboa. If anyone's ever seen Rocky four out there, when Rocky is literally training in Siberia to go and fight uh, Ivan Drago, he's training, you know, in a cabin, just making himself strong. And obviously that's just a movie, but that's just one example of him working hard in solitude to go and conquer the ultimate goal. And in real life, you look at a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo, who in an NBA where it's so common for players to be buddy buddy it's almost like encouraged and we don't know how much of it's real how much of it's fake but um Giannis has openly stated that he doesn't want to be buddy buddy because he wants to win 
And Giannis is the greatest basketball player on the planet. So I would say his, you know, working hard in solitude to become the best Giannis he can be has worked out pretty well. Um, anyone have any final thoughts before we go to Al's quote? Yeah, the um, Rocky Balboa example you use, it's actually played out in real life because Conor McGregor, whether you're a fan or not, um, also, as soon as the kind of COVID thing got more serious and people were forced to stay home, he said, like, basically, quote, unquote, you can check out Twitter what he had to say word for word. But, you know, it worked for me. This is how I basically rose to the top and got my two belts, you know, tuning out outside noise, focusing on myself, um, just putting the time in the gym and basically becoming exceptional in solitude. So there, there definitely has to be you know, a method and some truth to this madness, as some people might think. I agree. So I think that's a great spot to segue. Al, what's something you saw that's uh, inspiring to you? Okay. So something that maybe our listeners can relate to is that when I was growing up and, you know, when I was younger, one of the things I always wanted to do was be like my idols. I wanted to, uh, for Ike Music to sound like Avicii. I wanted to, when I play sports, to be like Allen Iverson. When, I, when Ike first started, I wanted it to be like Apple, to be like Tesla, you know, to be what I idolized. And I think that wasn't the right approach. And one of these quotes that really changed the way I thought was, there's actually two quotes, but the first one comes from Kygo, music producer. He said, I just wanted to make the melodies I let everyone else define the genre. And for me, that is exactly what I needed to do. And that kind of really shifted my focus. Instead of trying to be, create Ike to be like already existing brands, Ike needs to be its original. It needs to be something completely special. Yes, I can take and draw from the positives of those brands and use the things and learn from them. But Ike needs to be something completely original. Like music has to have its own sound. It needs to let the genres define or the people define the genre. Let's needs to let the people define the music. It needs to just be its own unique sound. And I think, you know, people can really hear that. It's hard. Like we said, Cage, the way we started this podcast, what is Ike? That's the question we get asked all the time. It's because it's now unique. We've created something ex extremely unique that's, you know, recognizable to others but yet unique to us. And the second quote, um, it kind of goes off of this. It was from Anna Wintour. She is the chief uh, designer at Vogue, editor-in-chief since 1988. And hers was create your own style, let it be unique for yourself, yet identifiable for others. And so that hearing both of these in kind of this, a similar time span really, uh, I guess, hammered home the point that originality ha is so important. Yes, you can draw from your inspirations. You can take th what they teach you. You can learn from these books, but you still have to apply them to yourself and you have to really create something unique from within that other people, they want to be like you. And because no one, will, there will never be a second you know, Kobe Bryant even said this. He said he never wanted to be like Michael Jordan. He only wanted to be Kobe Bryant. And all of this has really fueled 
decisions that we have done at Ike, decisions that we have done in the music, in the advertising, in the creative, to really be unique and to be Ike. So I thought maybe that would be interesting for our listeners to hear. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think just relating to that myself, I see it all over the place. I see people just buying the, the Kim Kardashian, uh, Kylie Jenner lip gloss or whatever, or, or wearing, you know, ugly ass designer because someone else wore it. And it's really not original at all. And it's really a lot more expensive than, you know, maybe just some great quality stuff might be uh, normally that could relate or that could get the job done. And I think when they do get that, for example, when they do get that piece of designer, uh, you know, say, you, say someone spends like $1,000 on a piece of designer, well, they're going to realize very quickly that it doesn't make them happy. And it doesn't necessarily make you happy to, uh, you know, try and be exactly like someone else in the long run. Like it may, it may make you happy for a little bit in the short term, but in the long run, it's truly about kind of building your own identity and embracing that. And, um, you know, people are just naturally driven. They're naturally attracted towards that. Max, you got anything to add? Not much that I can say better than what you guys have. I think it, uh, we touched on all the important points. All right. Well, hey, that's a great time to move on to our next little portion. And that is uh, someone you look up to and why. And this could be anyone. It could be male, female, uh, could be a you know, TV character could be, you know, even like a, a cartoon character, who knows, but uh, I'll start and just someone I look up to personally is Giannis. And Giannis, for a lot of reasons, uh, we have a lot of parallels. He's uh, about 10 months younger than me. So we're pretty much the same age. But um, I mean, his story is just unbelievable. Uh, grew up in the Greek slums tried really hard to provide for his family. Uh, you know, they, they didn't have any papers. So, um, you know, they had to kind of work these low key jobs to avoid like the, uh, deportation officers. So Giannis and the Nasus and his family would be selling sunglasses, selling hats, literally anything they could sell just so they could eat that day. And sure enough, um, the opportunity presented itself where Giannis started playing basketball and there was a lot of adversity in that, going back to some of our previous conversation about adversity. Uh, you know, there was times, there was many times when he almost gave up the sport and people kind of worked with him. They, they talked to him and, and told him how important this is to his life, that even if he may not have understood it in the moment where he was just trying to go and work to help put food on the table for his family, he might not have understood that in that moment, um, fast forward five, 10 years from now, Giannis would be one of the greatest basketball players in the world. So it's just crazy how things work out. He ended up coming to a small city, uh, Milwaukee. He didn't necessarily have a similar background to a lot of these athletes we see nowadays in America in terms of they're extremely hyped up since they're in college, maybe even high school. And you, you see a lot of ego, unfortunately, but Giannis is just happy to have a car, happy to have food on the table, happy to have his family um, able to watch TV together or, or laugh at a funny joke or something together. And just like those little things. And it's just an unbelievable story of how someone so young and living in this distraction-fueled world, how he's able to stay so focused and really just overcome all that adversity of 
coming to a completely new place, not really speaking the best English, uh, eventually losing his dad, unfortunately. I mean, that must have been devastating to now taking care of his family, uh, growing on the court, growing off the court and becoming a father. Um, he's really achieved the ultimate success. He's, you know, he's had his fair share of setbacks, whether it's personal um, or whether it's, you know, on the court where he still hasn't captured a championship. But I don't think there's any doubt that he will. I think Giannis is just one of those all-encompassing package. I know that a lot of our listeners might not know this, but Giannis was one of the biggest inspirations for Ike, where back in 2014, when Giannis was a rookie for the Milwaukee Bucks, that was the same exact time that Ike was conceptualized. And uh, he was just an inspiring guy. It's been fascinating to grow and see Milwaukee grow with Giannis. And he's just someone that I look up to. Uh, I'm sure you know you guys might have like a thing or two to add, but feel free to go for it. Al, let's start with you this time. Yeah, so I also, on record, am a massive Giannis fan. Definitely look up to him as well. I'm going to go with someone who maybe the listeners don't know as well, but his name is Nav. And the reason Nav is a producer. He's a hip-hop artist. Yeah, he's, he's a legend. legend. And the reason why I look <laughs> up to Nav so much is because he makes undeniable heat. And one of our favorite quotes, I know we've all kind of talked about this, uh, that came from DJ Khaled's book. I think, KJ, you read this and told us about it, uh, was don't deny the heat. And when it came to Nav, he wasn't the best looking. He wasn't with maybe the industry wanted at the time, but he was undeniable heat. He produced all of his own beats. He did everything on his own. So why would he need a feature? And he made it, you know, I, we went to the NAV concert in Milwaukee over the summer, which was awesome to be at, at the rave. And there was really this energy. You could kind of just feel amongst in the crowd and the fans. It was something unreal that I, that I've never really felt at another concert that, you know, this is someone who he wasn't an industry product. He wasn't someone that people thought he actually did it. You know, he did it on his own from creating, getting so good at his craft that eventually he was able to, you know, create on a regular basis, undeniable heat. And for me, it's just kind of been really inspirational to realize that, you know, coming from where we do, you know, people don't want us to win. And maybe we've never really had the easy route, but it's always been motivational to just try to work on my crafts, whether it's producing music, whether it is creating content, um, and just try to get as good at that as possible. Because one day, if I get so good where it's undeniable, I have to believe that I'll be at everywhere I want to be, whether you know that is big, whether that's rich, whatever that may entail. I will be satisfied. I'll be happy because I have really become great at something. So that's why I really look up to Nav is because, you know, he's great. That's, you know, just to add in as well from a book of recent Cal Newport wrote the book. Uh, so good. They can't ignore you. And that's just what you're talking about with don't undeniable heat, right? You just become so good at something. They can't ignore you at, at some certain point once you hit that level of mastery. So just wanted to tie that in real quick. <laughs> Hashtag Ed Sheeran. Also not the best looking guy. <laughs> yep. Undeniable hate. Yeah. Absolutely. Amen. And I think it's just crazy because a lot of people might not know that Nav 
actually co-produced the beat that is widely considered the best diss track of all time back to back by Drake. And that was back before anyone knew who Nav was. And then Nav got signed to the weekend and just kind of dominoes took uh, dominoes fell and one thing led to another. And now no one cares what he looks like. You know, he's not one of these guys who, um, you know, face tats. He doesn't have face tats. He doesn't have crazy colored hair. He just makes beats and raps about his true stories. And it's just unbelievable. I thought that was a great example because I also really have a lot of respect for Nav. Uh, Chris, how about you? What's someone you look up to? Yo, I've really been vibing with my man, Russ. He's uh, he's a rapper for people who don't know him, but and just is starting to blow up of recent now. But the the lyrics that he has in his songs, the way he makes his beats, I think that he's also a great case of that undeniable heat. But just someone who's honestly had visions, who's had self belief, talks about betting on himself through all the resilience and it, his favorite. I read his book. It's called Get Out of Your Own Way. It's, it's all about getting out of your own head and and not capping yourself and creating a limitation on yourself. But uh, one of the quotes in there was, your inspiration should be your future version of, of yourself, right? So every time, like you said, uh, Al, about being unique and, and being different, I think that that kind of ties into what, what are you striving to be? And it, it made me think after I had read that in that book that, you know, you look up to hundreds of people, right? I look up to LeBron, to Ronaldo, to Tony Robbins, people, how I... I aspire to live my life in the same same ways that they do. But ultimately, all we're going to have is ourselves. So to shoot to be that future version of yourself, the one that you see that where you cap out your potential and you and you you maximize it, you you defy the limitations that uh, society pressed on you. You know, I think that that um, is ultimately the true the true role model. But Russ has, has provided me a lot of that inspiration. You know, the music is big in, in sports when you go and you listen and you're doing runs and whatever. So. Um, yeah, for him, I would say that's one guy of, 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 of recent, at least, who has provided me with some good inspiration. And, and real quick, just to add, not only is Russ a musician, like you were saying, he also happens to be one of the most high-level producers in the music industry that Bro, you know not a lot of people yeah. know. And there's just videos out there on the internet of him just filthing up beats on the laptop right in front of him. So if anyone likes to yeah. you know, take a dig at this guy, they're just simply uneducated. Um, you know, there's a lot of rappers out there. There's a lot of musicians out there who are all just smoke and mirrors. They're not even real. And uh, Nav, Russ, those are two guys that really just ooze that authenticity. And, you know, the heat's undeniable. They, they couldn't hold them down. They're here. They broke through. All right, Maxi, you're up. Yeah, um, you all named some pretty great people. I Someone that I look up to, um, or maybe a different way to rephrase this question, a one question or icebreaker we get all the time is who would you like to have dinner with? And for me, that person, funny enough, also a guy named Nav, but his name's Naval Ravikant. He's an investor slash philosopher, still alive today. He used to be the CEO um, of Angels List, but is invested in a bunch of companies from their seed beginnings to now. Um, and what I really like about him and what I'm trying to emulate more in my life is he is completely not coded to be thinking a certain way. And what I mean by that is he's not a group thinker. He's super independent in all his thoughts. He also has always has a really interesting 
take on every issue, whether it's politics, investing, um, whatnot. And he's kind of like a guru for me. He always has really great quotes that mean more um, when you think about him a little longer. So, for example, some quotes that he has, um, a fit body, a calm mind, a house full of love. These things can't be bought. They must be earned. You don't get rich by spending your money to save time, your time to save money. You get rich by saving your time to make money. Internal happiness is reward from being in flow, create, meditate, love, play, clears the mind and leaves us in peace. So for me, honestly, kind of like a spiritual leader and also thought leader and some someone I just like to get a little bit deeper with and think about my life, I guess, in, in a different light. Max, how did you uh, come into, me? Uh, I guess, knowing about him? Yeah, so this is uh, also an interesting point we maybe can talk about later, but the same reason people say you have to watch what you eat, you also have to watch what content you consume. So I took that pretty seriously when I built up my Twitter. So I only follow people I want to hear from, people I respect, and different opinions as well, both sides of the political spectrum, athletes, investors, normal day people, etc. And yeah, he was just one of those people that through my extensive research of like great financial minds out there, I kind of stumbled across. Um, And yeah, now that I've been following him for two, three years, I just eat up everything he preaches. So that's kind of how I stumbled upon him, just trying to make sure I follow and consume good content. And he was one of the people that a lot of folks, I guess, recommended or also went to for advice. Nice. Max, would you mind um, just saying his name one more time for us, uh, for the listeners, and maybe how we might be able to access some of his stuff? Yeah, his name's Naval Ravikant, goes by Naval only on Twitter, N-A-V-A-L, and he has his own website, um, theangelphilosopher.com, where you can get a lot of his stuff, podcasts, tweets, what have you. Um and it's just great stuff to really learn a lot. And it's not just about life and happiness. It's about blockchain. It's about investing. Um, I'm talking about one of the greatest minds, in my opinion, that's around today. So someone you can really learn a lot from. Nice. I'm looking forward to that, actually. Um, I don't know really anything about him, so I'm looking forward to diving in. Um, all right. So I think that's a nice place to hit our final segment of the day and that is just something you guys are excited about in 2020 i know for me um something i'm really excited about is expanding this podcast network with ike and and that's just you know it's not even just sports it's beyond sports it's reaching into ideas such as development music finance real estate just all these great areas where we can deliver value to the community out there to listeners And I'm looking forward to really just continuing to build it. We have a lot of great stuff recorded for the listeners out there that hasn't yet been released, but just something that you guys can all look forward to throughout 2020 is a continued expansion of this. Max, you want to go next? Um, Something I guess I'm looking forward to in 2020 is not only more life, but to see really the aftermath of, Um, this virus. I know it's kind of an unavoidable topic, but something that I've noticed a little bit 
for example, what happens in times of crises, whether that's a war, whether that's a pandemic, um, people come together and, yep. you know, potentially other people on this pod can agree or disagree. But, you know, I've talked to friends I haven't talked to in a really long time. Um, you kind of, in general, feel this community sense. People are locked in their homes. But if you're on a walk outside, everyone's waving. Everyone's trying to help out, um, giving each other shout outs, whatnot. And for the first time in history, actually, the entire globe is facing the same enemy, which is this virus. Um, so not only a national unification, a friend unification, but potentially also a global unification. And that's something I'm definitely looking forward to play out um, as 2020 continues. I like that. I like that. Um, you kind of spoke about how the entire world is facing the same enemy right now. And it does bring us together. I've definitely felt that. Um, Chris, what about you? What's something you're looking forward to in 2020? Uh, there's a lot that I'm looking forward to. I think it, uh, it's going to be a great year still. Um, with everything that's been going on, I'm still optimistic about it. I see big things happening. And for me, really what I'm trying to hone in on is just, again, what we've been talking about pretty much this whole podcast, uh, an overlying truth is just focusing in on the process, honing in on my craft, continuing to improve myself as a player, um, trying to make myself just the best I can be for my long-term, my long-term career, trying to have my end goal in mind. And like I said, taking, taking all the little steps every day, trying to be consistent in my habits and see where I can, where I can take this thing and just, you know, take it game by game, day by day, training by train, training, keep playing my best games. Hopefully we can win a trophy this season down here in Orlando. Um, and just, yeah, like I said, just that constant, that constant cycle of improvement. And I'm really looking forward to see what 2020 has in store. So that wraps it up for me. I'm excited to keep watching that unfold as well. Al, how about you? So on top of growing this podcast network, which has been a goal of ours at Ike for a while, I want to do some of the things that Chris mentioned, you know, really fall in love with my system, even to a further level, become better at producing foster relationships but the one singular thing that i really want to i am excited about in 2020 is now that i'm living in europe being a kid that grew up in wisconsin i'm living in europe this is a great opportunity for me to learn from some of the best minds to become a beast to really take culture and let it influence ike in a positive way i can take some of these things that i'm learning from living abroad interacting with different cultures some really great minds over here attending some special conferences and apply that to Ike in ways that I could have never imagined. So I'm really excited about the growth that, you know, hopefully we'll see in both myself as an individual, but also some of these ideas that I'll learn from this experience living in Europe. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited to see how the European influence rubs off on the brand as well. There's always been a lot of Euro influence, but even more so now. All right, so we just want to thank everybody for listening to the first podcast, the first Welcome to Ike podcast. I want to thank our guests for coming on. Max, really appreciate it. Chris, really appreciate you coming out as well. Um, if you guys don't already, be sure to check us out on social media. Welcome to Ike. Uh, it's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, if you type that into YouTube, you'll find it as well. 
And if you want to listen to any of the music that we've discussed, it's uh, Ike Music on any of the streaming platforms. And lastly, if you guys could give us a follow on Spotify or give us um, a subscribe on Apple Podcasts and write us a positive review, leave a five-star review, um, that will really just help us grow and, and it'll just help us continue to deliver uh, great content, great value to you guys because that's what we love to do. And um, we really, you know, I know I really get a lot of enjoyment out of this. So uh, anyone else have anything to say before we peace out? Yeah, just real quick. Just ultimately, I think that the main thing that we're trying to do here by getting together and, and collabing our minds is trying to provide people with some value, right? So the only way that we can do that is if the people who are listening, who have listened through, go on and tell somebody about this. If you think that this information has been useful to you, helpful, go tell your friends about it because ultimately that's what we're trying to do is reach the most people, help the most people. That That's the ultimate goal. So just go tell people about it, spread the word, spread the good word. We're out here creating uh, positive vibes and whatnot. So yeah, that's all I got to say. I would... uh First off, just, you know, thank you very much for listening. It's been a blast to be a part of this. Um, and again, for the listeners, perhaps, you know, we don't have it all figured out. But to be honest, we're all learners. And this is our open exploration of ideas and values and whatnot. Um, and it's been a true honor to have you all along for the ride. So hope to see you next next podcast. Yeah, then I'll uh, I'll wrap things up on my end saying, you know, not only are we trying to provide value, but. I myself, just in this conversation here today, I learned a lot, you know, so we're, this is a place where we can all learn together. And I think uh, that's, you know, the real purpose is we're all going to be learning something at this podcast. And it's a great opportunity to learn something together as a group, as well as, you know, share positive energy, share positive ideas. We're open to everything at Ike, you know, we're always trying to improve. And this is a great platform in which we can share some of the ideas in which we're trying to do that as well as you know learn from you guys so uh really happy to be on this uh and i'm really glad we got this started so looking forward to the future podcast as well all right guys thanks again for tuning in this has been the very first episode of the welcome to ike podcast available wherever you get your podcasts uh, be sure to check in soon for no new episodes we're going to be talking inspiration ideas stories branding all sorts of great stuff you guys can take away and apply to your own lives. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. We're out.